Alright everybody, we're back with another episode of Cast Player Purchase. This is your host Kevin. This is Leanne. As always, thanks for listening. So in fact, um, it's actually been a little bit, well, I'm sorry, this is starting our third year on podcasting from a little over a month ago. So something I forgot to mention, but uh, yeah, again, a huge thank you for everybody who's been listening to us, uh, continue to listen to us. Uh, and yeah, we definitely appreciate any support. Uh, if you can leave a positive review or maybe uh, tell a friend about us, yeah, it'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, thank you. But uh, today we're going to get into Steam Up. And this was a Kickstarter game that came out just earlier this year. Uh, we picked up the deluxe version, so a little bit of a forewarning there. Uh, but the big thing with the deluxe version is that it does provide upgraded components. Uh, there are some promo cards. So for the most part, though, of course, it doesn't really affect the gameplay, right? Ignoring those promo cards. So yeah, just keep that in mind as we kind of go through this. Uh, but this is a game for two to five players where you'll compete to eat the most dim sum uh, that your Zodiac character favors. So you definitely want to eat a lot, but everybody's got their own personal preferences when it comes to the cuisine. So uh, the game was designed by Pauline Kong and Marie Wong uh, and was published by Hot Banana Games. So each game takes about 40 to 60 minutes to play, which I would say is about right. Uh, if you ignore like the setup teaching, all that good stuff, it's a pretty quick moving game. Uh, and then the base game can be had for about $48 from what I could find. Upgraded components separately are another $24. Although as always, feel free to take a look around. Although for the mechanics as usual, I'll turn things over to Leanne. Steam Up A Feast of Dim Sum is a competitive set collection game themed around the Chinese zodiac and Chinese dumplings which are called dim sum. For anyone who has experienced dim sum in real life, the game board is instantly recognizable. It looks like a dining table with a Lazy Susan turntable in the middle to rotate the baskets of dumplings around for everyone to be able to eat family style. There are five kinds of dim sum. Char siu bao pork buns, hargao shrimp dumplings, shumai pork and shrimp dumplings, lo mai gai sticky rice wrapped in lotus leaves, and the infamous chicken feet, or as they are called in this game, phoenix claws. Each player takes an animal board that indicates their starting resources, special abilities, and point scoring. There are 12 animal boards, one for each animal in the Chinese zodiac, from the rat to the pig. And every animal, as Kevin mentioned, has a different special ability and a different scoring rubric for the points that they earn with each dim sum they collect. The steamers and dim sum are set up on the central board in six stacks of three steamers each. Each steamer may hold two, three, or four randomized dim sum. Around the edge of the turntable, you place the appropriate feast zone indicator ring which divides the turntable into feast zones depending on how many players there are. This is very important because during the game, when you gain dim sum, you must gain it from your feast zone. So a lot of what you do during the game is to try to affect the rotation of the turntable so that the dim sum that you want is in your feast zone. The game is divided into rounds. Each round, each player takes one turn. At the start of the round, you resolve a fate card. Fate cards are revealed from a deck in the center of the playing area and they cause things to happen like 
drawing fortune cards that give abilities, moving steamers around, etc. Then, starting with the first player, everyone takes a turn. The first player is randomly determined at the start of the game, but can change throughout the game through fortune card effects. On your turn, you must perform two different actions in any order. The actions that you can do include, you can gain one dim sum token of your choice from the supply. So there's five types of tokens which match the five types of dim sum, and these are basically chips that you pay one-to-one -one in order to gain dim sum from steamers in your feast zone. Second option is you can draw one fortune card from the deck, and if you do so, you have the option of rotating the turntable 90 degrees in either direction. Or you can play a fortune card from your hand, and again, if you do so, you may rotate the turntable 90 degrees in either direction. You can also exchange two fortune cards for one token of your choice. Or you can purchase a steamer by paying dim sum tokens that match the dim sum inside the steamer. So when you do this, you take that steamer, you place the dim sum on your animal board, and you gain the corresponding points, and you move the steamer counter down by one on the central board. The game ends either when that steamer counter hits zero, or when the fate deck, that one that you draw from at the start of each round, runs out. The starting position of the steamer counter varies based on the number of players. The fate deck always consists of 18 cards, Eight other cards are returned to the box each game. You track points on a sideboard throughout the game using a tracker that looks like a dim sum order slip. And that's the game. At the end of the game, you do final scoring. You lose one point for every two tokens you did heart not point. spend. Heart points. Yes, they're heart points. <laughs> um, but they're points. I yeah. mean, thematically called heart points. You're making yourself, you're, you're very happy eating all this dim sum. Um, so you lose a point for every two tokens you didn't spend, and you gain a point for every two fortune cards remaining in your hand. And the player with the most points wins. If there is a tie, the player who has collected the most total dim sum wins. And that's Steam Up. All right, much thanks for that breakdown. So we'll jump into our notes. For me, starting, of course, with the positive. Um, yeah, it. I'll start with the components, actually. So if you do get the deluxe version or you do spring for the upgraded components you're not going to be disappointed and i'm kind of ignoring the cost here because what was it 24 dollars or what did i say i mean yeah, that's that's pretty substantial don't get me wrong uh but yeah i think it brings a lot to the table <laughs> um, no but i mean it really it, it does not just you know for the pun of course but i mean for a game that's very tactile uh, I guess Quacks of Quedlinburg might be my other primary example, right, where uh, you're, you're reaching into a bag actually sometimes to grab the dim sum. Um, yeah, it, it just makes it a little bit more fun. It, it really brings the visuals home to life. It just, it, it really adds that extra, I guess, dimension. The, the theme maybe is where I'm really getting at here for, for a game that uh, really plays into its theme so strongly, and I mean that in a good way. Uh, the, the upgraded components really helps just enhance that to a whole different level. Uh, our copy did include, I guess for lack of better phrasing, with the base components, the standard cardboard. Uh, the cardboard still looks great. The art is good for the entire game. At least I think it's, it's fun. Uh, it's definitely family friendly. Uh, same with the theme. But it just doesn't have quite that same pop 
uh, as if you get these upgraded components. And I think for the people who might even take it to the next level, uh, if they're going to try to start painting it a little bit, I mean, that could almost, I just don't even know. Uh, to clarify, uh, the pieces are already colored. So, I mean, like the uh, the bun, uh, I'm to call it a manapua, is white. Uh, the chicken, uh, the, the phoenix claw is uh, red and so on. So, I mean, you know, again, you, you still have nice colors, but I could just imagine somebody really going off if they're a high level painter. But that's a whole nother discussion. Um, aside from that, I do think that for a game that they deeply root in culture, so, I, and I understand it's part of the theme, uh, but with the culture, I think they did a very nice tie-in, uh, not just, again, in the theme, but also in the sense of uh, incorporating some description, just kind of sprinkle it throughout the game uh, from the box, uh, from the zodiac, I want to call them zodiac signs, but in this case, I guess your characters, uh, to the rule book, it's just all over. It's very prevalent, but not in an overbearing way, I feel like. So I thought that was also nice. Uh, it's also pretty easy to get started. It's for better and for worse. Um, I guess what I'll call a casual game. And I'll start trying to use this a little bit more as I go through uh, our take on it. Because, yeah, it's definitely heavier than a party game. Uh, and I know I've used Schmidium game enough to make Lian Sai uh, <laughs> and all of that. So I'll call it a casual game. Uh, so in that sense, yeah, it's it's very good. Um, words of caution. So one that actually I forgot to bring or yeah, I forgot to kind of uh, start my own notes um, was about that setup with the steamers because you have to load them with like how she was saying randomly two, three or four. Uh, and I feel like it's not a big deal, uh, but I mean somebody's got to do it. And that's where a couple things. One is, I guess, arguably it's more random if you're dealing with the cardboard than the upgraded components. Mm -hmm. But then the other side is, I mean, somebody kind of has a vague idea unless you start really drawing out the setup of like, okay, you don't look and just uh, drop two, three, four tokens in whatever order. Somebody else, without trying to look, they're going to shuffle up the steamers in a different area and have like a third person you know stack these up in a random order without looking uh, but that's really the only way to ensure that it's I guess as random as possible uh, no advantages don't get me wrong one person can handle it and uh, it'll be fairly randomized unless you have somebody with like eidetic memory then you know don't don't let them do it <laughs> but aside from that my only other word of caution is that it's a lot lighter that I had suspected from, you know, reading the description, kind of uh, going through the rule book and all of that. I thought it was going to be a little bit heavier, by no means a, a medium, I guess, but just a little bit heavier uh, than when, when we actually started playing through it. So again, if you're looking for a casual game, then, you know, take this still as, right, as a word of caution, but not big, right, it's not a big downside. if you know you're looking for a casual game. But I feel like they described it as a medium weight. Um, oh yeah, it's totally not that. Yeah, that's Well, right. maybe we're uh, Yeah, gamers. maybe we're too jaded or something, I don't <laughs> know. But anyway, that's that's pretty much just yeah, it for me. You know on the steamer setup, Kevin, do you think so because there's 18 steamers, what if 
what if you portioned that out? Like, say you were playing a three-player game and each person just fills six of them. Does that, do you think that's also an option to try to level the playing field so one person doesn't have all that advantage? You could, but there's at the moment only one bag included to grab the components from. Mm. So you could start passing that bag around or, and I guess this is where maths will start mathing. Uh, if you start pouring some out into other opaque bags, then you're going to hope that there's still a somewhat random distribution. Oh, I see. Uh, if you shake each one enough, I mean, in theory, maybe someone can inform us uh, it should still be random enough, I guess. Uh, but then also that's more people feeling for the components. That and, I mean, I don't know. It may, maybe it's still also a flaw for me when I've helped to set up. But like when I look and maybe the seamer needs four, and I grab all four of the same thing, I'm like, oh, this might really throw off the game as I start trying to fill other ones. So, mm. I don't know. Okay, yeah, I'm it's, not sure. It's tough. Not sure what a good solution there is. I guess you're right in that the basic Find a friend who's playing a totally different game. Have them from set it up you. for you. Yep, exactly. Just tell them, hey, you know, while you're playing your game, help me out here. Yeah, there we go. Or I guess that's where the base component you could what you could do is you could use the base components to do the random and then replace it with the upgraded. Anyway, that's too complicated. So that's, it could be a word of caution. Word of caution. All right. Um, positive notes for me. So first of all, thank you to Kevin for springing for the deluxe edition. I really do enjoy those three-dimensional dim sum pieces. They are super cute. They make this game even more tactile and fun. As you can probably guess, this game is very thematic, very visually appealing, and very playful in tone, I would say. So for that reason, I would say it is more accessible even to new gamers or casual gamers. The set collection mechanic makes a lot of sense for this theme, and the way to score points is very clear. Rotating the turntable is also fun, so this game definitely has a very physical element to it that can be really satisfying and a reason to play a board game versus a video game or computer game. Words of caution, I would say putting aside the cute appearance, this game is actually quite competitive. So while the mechanics are relatively straightforward, I think it's actually fairly easy for a more skilled gamer to dominate this game. I don't think there's really a catch-up mechanic. Uh, there's also no mid-game events or factors that really level or reset the playing field. So That I think is interesting because um, I know some of the comments we got in playing with one of our friends, uh, the Fate deck actually felt a little bit catch-up-y. Okay. But yeah. even then, it kind of depends. Depends, I mean, right? Because you're only playing with 18 of the Fate cards, and there's eight in the box at any given time. So, I yeah, I, I still think there isn't really a, an overt catch-up mechanic here. Maybe if we played with five. Oh. Because we played this game definitely quite a, quite a decent amount, but all of our plays, to be fair, were three or four players, I think. Yeah, maybe with five it would feel, well, I mean, definitely then you're very, you know, definitely dividing up that table into five feast zones would make yeah, it a it's lot. It's going to be a cutthroat uh, feast. Be, yes, exactly. <laughs> this is this is eat first or you do not eat. Um, 
My advice would be not to get distracted by the cuteness of the art and the components because this is actually a game where some calculation and conniving will pay off in spades. I do agree with Kevin that Steam Up plays are, it's a light to medium light game. And I think we were hoping for a little bit more complexity. I think the relatively light feel is because you're literally collecting dim sum and that's it. You don't do anything more with the dim sum. I guess thematically your animal eats the dim sum. So this game doesn't have any world building, skill building, or engine building for better or for worse. The animal character abilities do factor in quite a bit, and some animals definitely have a greater advantage than others. But the abilities don't change or increase as the game goes on, so every round is a fresh start, so to speak. And I don't know if this is a word of caution, but this game makes me so hungry. If you love dim sum in real life like I do, then this game could definitely stoke some dumpling cravings. Even the first player marker looks like a dish of chili sauce for dipping. So yeah, this game makes me so hungry, Kevin. I'm surprised. Don't you want the uh, little sauce of mustard for dipping? See, but there's no, there's no shoyu mustard in this game. It's only the chili sauce. I'll take the chili sauce if that's all we got. Oh, okay. As long as there's some type of sauce for the dipping. All <laughs> right. So uh, I guess that's kind of our quick notes there. We'll go ahead and get into our decision. So for me... Uh, it's another tough one. At a minimum, this is definitely a play at a minimum uh, because, yeah, it's it's a solid game. Uh, I mean, the theme is kind of like how Leanne was saying. It's just very fun, and for me, it's, it's fresh. Uh, there's, of course, a lot of food-based games, but I think, again, it's a little bit of a bias, but with the upgraded components um, and, and, yeah, just the way that it really plays into the theme, everything is very tactile. Yeah, it, it's... It's good times. The thing that kind of holds me back a little bit on is it a purchase? Is it, and again, this might be my cheap side, but <laughs> is this a forty-eight dollar game? That's really my biggest struggle here. And then if you add the components, which, like I said, it, it just takes the game to another level. The question is, well, does it take to a, take the game to a twenty-four dollar level, which just by itself could get you, you know decent casual game so that's 72 dollars yeah right so at 72 dollars all in you know is this something that i could call a purchase and that's where i struggle so you know at still taking my cheapness into account if this was like or if you could get the deluxe version for like 48 dollars or less wow i would have to call this a purchase yeah. i do think it's that good uh with the upgraded components but $48 for the base components, it's it, it, it's a little bit tough for me. I mean, granted, well, what does what does Catan retail for at like Target? I mean, it, I feel like prices have gone up all across the board, I guess. But well, yeah, I think I by now Catan is pretty cheap. Yeah. All okay. right, we're gonna do a quick look up in the meanwhile. But I mean, a $48 game. There's a lot of things that you can be had out there yeah. for $48. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but you know, again. Uh, my, my big thing is just really the price. It has nothing otherwise to do with the game. It's a fun game. It's a good game. It's family friendly. And at least for us, it's one of the, uh, I guess, casual games. Normally we end up playing party games or what I would call more like a medium or heavier type of game. So I guess allegedly it's $48 at Target. 
Um, and we're gonna have to take a look. I can't believe that there's only five left. Uh, not that Catan's a bad game, but just yeah, I, I find that very it's fascinating. It's become mainstream now. We're, we're gonna have to double check Amazon. Well, and and so forty seven ninety nine at Target, MSRP fifty nine ninety nine for Catan. And Catan doesn't even have squishy dim sum, so... Okay, but when writing the squishies, that's $72. Okay, but if you had to choose between $60 Catan or $72 squishy dim sum... Alright, we're, we're gonna have to, uh, I guess, get other people involved in this conversation. So definitely look for like a Q&A to go along with this one if you're using, I think, was it Spotify? Because genuinely... I don't know. I find that a little bit outrageous on the pricing for Catan. Catan like, used think... to be priced at like 80 at Target. What? I kid you not. I don't know. I don't know. That just sounds all way too wild. Yes. But Catan also has wooden components. So. Okay. Anyways. Yeah, there, there's a lot going on here. But again, for me, at a minimum, this is, this is a play. Like if somebody had, give it a shot. Um. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's worth considering a purchase. It's just, again, I'm, I'm only sketchy on the price. That's the only thing holding me back. That's fair. That's fair. I would call it a purchase because I like playing it, and I'm glad we have it as part of our collection. I'm half Chinese, so part of my reason to call this a purchase is also because I'm excited to see games that highlight non-Western cultures from a non-Western perspective, as much as I love Euros and typical high fantasy-themed games. Also, I think Steam Up is a game I could introduce even to non-gamers, and people would generally be open to trying it at least once. So that is a win in my book. And thank you again to Kevin for purchasing this as a gift for me. Yay! All right, well, I guess there you have it. So uh, it's clearly definitely one uh, purchase and one at least play. So it's a solid game. I mean, you know, as always, please feel free to check it out. And thank you as always for listening. Hope to catch you on the next one. Thank you.